You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a lane. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour two of two here on Sports Sunday. Mike Lynch, Rashad Taylor, Jesse Austin with you until 11 o'clock. We've got Hate It or Love It coming up. Rashad's in a two-game winning streak, I guess, if you want to call that a two-matchup winning streak, where he's won two in a row of our just, little competitive Hate It or Love It. Just First one to do it, I believe. Back, back-to-back dubs. Back-to-back no. wins. i got to step it up this week if I want to host that last segment. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that three minutes is yours. Got your name all over it. Um, and then we'll also uh, continue our divisional previews right now. We've already talked about the NFC East. We've already talked about the AFC East. Five weeks to go. We've got six divisions to go, so we'll do a double coming up in uh, in the final week before the season starts. But uh, let's talk about the AFC South today. We kind of already started talking about it with the Titans in the uh, 9.30 segment, but I want to dive a little bit into them because 12-4 and four prediction is, is quite extreme for a team that barely – had their quarterback last year, a guy in Mariota coming back from a broken leg, which is not a tendon injury. So it seems like much easier to recover from, in my opinion, at least. But in general, uh, you know, a, a team that hasn't exactly proven to be the best team in the world. But when you actually look at them, they look 100% legit to me, at least offensively. And then defensively, they've still got some holes, but... They've added some players who are good as well. But offensively, you got Mariota. You've got both DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. You've got arguably your best receivers, your tight end, Delaney Walker. You draft top 10 pick Corey Davis uh, out of Western Michigan. You sign Eric Decker. You've still got uh, the rookie, Tajay Sharp, from a year ago who's on the pup list right now but could could turn out to be a good player. Um, Rashard Matthews is there. You've got a pretty good offensive line. I, I just I look at this offense and go, wow. That's well-rounded. There's really not any holes, and I feel like they're ready to kind of take the league by storm offensively. Absolutely. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more, especially when you added guys like uh, Corey Davis in the first round, the receiver out of uh, Western Michigan. Um, you, you throw in an Eric Decker, just who has been a, a, a consummate pro throughout his career, somebody who can be a really dependable receiver if he's healthy for you. Then you, you throw in the fact that you have a, a really good core group that already had Delaney Walker and that already had uh, DeMarco Murray coming back. So this is a team that in this AFC South could run 
rough shot, really. Now, I don't, again, 12 wins like we talked about earlier, it's, it's, it's kind of, I think it's kind of a stretch for, for this team. You know, you can't go from winning, how many games they win last year? Five? Yeah, I think so. To 12? That's a really big jump in a year. That's, that's you're saying you think your team's going to be seven games better than they were uh, the year prior, but um, adding Corey Davis and, and like you said. Oh, no, they went nine and seven last year. Did they really? What? Really? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, they went nine and seven. Okay, then. Well, <laughs> I stand corrected. Maybe 12 wins isn't out of the realm of possibility Whoa. because if they can win, I didn't think the Titans were that good. They last only had year. a plus three point differential, so they got a lot of close wins. So well, I'm going to go ahead and look at the games that they played because I did not remember them being that good. I, and here's the cold part. And I think this is why. How many how many Titans games did we really watch? You know, I think the first season the Mariota was quarterback, we all paid a lot of attention. Uh, it, it was always on Coin TV, so we got a chance to to check out the games every every Sunday. But for the most part, I think Tennessee has kind of become an an afterthought. You don't you don't really think about them being competitive. So I think that's a you know, shame on us for not knowing that they were actually better than they were. But yeah, they they beat some pretty good teams. They dominated Green Bay Week Ten. That, I think that was the final game before Green Bay decided to man up and play well and win the rest of the games during the year. Uh, but they beat Green Bay 47-25. They beat Denver 13-10, and then they beat Kansas City the next week 19-17, to so low-scoring games. They had a lot of low-scoring games. They beat Detroit 16-15. to um, They beat Chicago, beat Houston, beat Jacksonville. So they beat some easy teams in their division, which I guess makes sense. But, um, but yeah, I, I just look at it, and they're, they've completely redone their defense, by the way. Just looking at the depth chart, one, two three, four, five, it looks like five or six guys are new on their defense. Um, brought in Logan Ryan from New England. He's going to be one of their corners. They brought in Jonathan Cyprian, the safety from Jacksonville. Uh, Denora Searcy from Buffalo is a, another safety they brought in. Uh, they Which brought they in, needed to do yep. really, really bad. Their secondary wasn't very good. Brought in Sly Williams, defensive tackle from Denver. Hopefully we'll have a healthy Brian Arakpo and Wesley Woodyard at linebacker. They've got Derek Morgan, who's a really good linebacker, first-round pick. Um, so I think they're de- they've kind of remade their entire defense, which will be interesting because uh, they had um, what's his name? Who are the twin brothers? The the corners? One of them's on New England. I forget his name for some uh, reason. That guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Um, Arrington. Uh, I think it's Arrington. Like uh, McCordy's. McCordy. There you go. That was close. <laughs> tomatoes. Tomatoes. They used to have uh, one of the McCordy brothers, and he's he is gone now. The but weak one. I think that right, because he one. wasn't on there. Yeah, they had the weak one. Um, I think that this team is going to win the division pretty easily because when you have the Colts, the Texans, and the Jaguars, eh, that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in the rest of the teams. No. I mean, if there's any other team that I would say could be really competitive in this division, it's the Texans. I mean, outside of that. I mean, I think we think Andrew Luck, at least I think Andrew Luck is the best quarterback in the division, but I think his team does a great job of not building around him. So the, the Texans are the second best team. The Texans are tough for me because they haven't had the quarterback position figured out for a while. Uh, right now, they're saying Tom Savage will probably be the starter over Deshaun Watson, which, which I mean, I guess makes sense if Watson's not fully ready yet, but I don't think that's going to last very long. I think is, Deshaun Watson will win that job soon. Not super surprising that they would go with somebody who kind of knows the playbook and has played an NFL game to start the season. Very seldom that we actually see rookies you know start i think we've gotten more and more used to it over the past few years with guys like wentz and you know rg3 and some other ones that got a chance to really come out and start as rookies andrew luck but we don't really see that as as often i think it's a good thing for a rookie to sit and watch for a minute now here's the cold part who are you sitting and watching 
I think there's something to be said if you're sitting and, and laying wait for an Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, if you're um, a Garoppolo. But it's one thing to sit and watch Tom Savage, who's a, who played well at points last year. But it, it's an, it, I think it's important to know who you're taking some instruction from. So we'll see what uh, he's able to learn while, while he's sitting there basically holding the clipboard i think that's the most interesting thing about the texans personally it's the quarterback spot i mean hopkins is still there as the uh as the number one receiver will fuller just went down with a broken collarbone in training camp but he's out indefinitely he might come back at some point during the season but um so it'll be him and a lot of others i guess jalen strong has never really been that good braxton miller's one of their receivers so it's gonna be a lot of deandre hopkins if you are tom savage or deshaun watson and that's a problem yeah. Because we saw last year, uh, Brock Osweiler threw to DeAndre Hopkins a lot, and it didn't work out very well. well Even Brock he Osweiler wasn't, throwing the ball doesn't really work well, out very well. He wasn't particularly accurate, yeah. yeah. But uh, the defense, I think, actually is is the key for the Texans here. They're, all, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say the key. The offense is the key because that's what's the weakest point of the team. But the defense is still really good in, in Houston. I'm very worried about J.J. Watt and seeing if he's going to be able to be anything near what he used to be. Back injuries are no bueno. He's had injuries now for a couple of years. It doesn't feel like he's going to be the best guy in the NFL anymore. He's lost that top defender status in the NFL. And Khalil Mack probably has stolen that from him, right out from under him with his injuries. And um, But the rest of the defense is solid. You know, Brian Cushing is there if he can stay healthy. Clowney is there, and he actually played pretty well last year now that he figured out what to do in the NFL, but he needs to stay healthy. Um, you know, you got Jonathan Joseph as one of your cornerbacks is pretty solid. So you, you've got a good defense. You just need your offense to do something. Yeah, I think. I mean, and really, I don't. I don't feel you know as as nervous for for JJ Watt coming back. I think the one thing about him is he's never really taken time off to recover. You know, he's always been like this Iron Man that he's gonna make sure he plays every game. He's played all sixteen games for the past five seasons up until this past season when he only played three. And we know in those seasons he's never really been one hundred percent healthy. It's always been a nagging forearm or a nagging the back issue or something like that so i think him taking that time off to really get the surgery and recover uh can only mean good things for him i see him as the defensive version of rob gronkowski there's really nothing you can do about jj watt especially when he's healthy and you just have to hope and pray that he's not healthy and that he doesn't give you anything when he's on the field because when he's out there uh, even if he's 75 percent, i still think he's the the, the the prob top two top three defenders in the NFL, there's just nothing you can do about a dude who uh, has had multiple seasons of 20 sacks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's, a, he's a special, special, special defensive end. In a day that you can't touch anybody, you know, he's making sure the quarterbacks fill him every game. So I look at that, and then I look at Jadevian Clowney, who really started to make that step towards the end of last year to show that I was worthy of that number one pick. And so I think. This is going to be a huge year for him more than anyone else. I think J.J. Watt will be fine, but I think this is going to be the show-improve year for Jadevian Clowney. Can you do it the entire season and not just stretches of the season? All right, uh, coming up next, can Andrew Luck and the Colts have a bounce-back season, and will the new regime in Jacksonville make anything different at all? This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 10-17 here 
on Sports Sunday. Only a couple of weeks left until we make the switch back to football Sunday. And uh, we will also be doing a fantasy draft situation like we did last year. When more details come in about that, we will let you know. But it's probably going to be about three weeks from now. So keep that in your mind because we'll probably be doing – well, we'll definitely be doing one league and maybe again doing two leagues like we did last year. So uh, keep that in mind. And uh, when you are listening in the next couple of weeks, give us uh, – listen for that. And then uh, we'll get you guys in our leagues and so you can play with us and then talk crap to us when you probably beat us. It should be noted, though, we're all pretty good at fantasy football. I guess that is true. We have won our leagues. Yes, we have. I'm trying to be nice to them by saying they'll beat us. Well, I'm just letting them know. If you play in my league, just be prepared to come in second or third. Definitely not first, though. No, that's okay. I think it's yeah. a, I think it's okay to think I've give them some hope. Here. Ever, I've I've missed the playoffs once ever. I don't think I've ever missed yeah. the playoffs. Um, I've now once I get to the playoffs, usually in my money league, I'm usually out within the first week which is irritating but whatever <laughs> at least you made the playoffs no but i'll finish i'll finish first place every year and then i lose the first week of playoffs yeah it's the, super irritating it's funny that you talk about that all the time you're like 12 and 4 in the regular season or whatever it is 12 and, and 2 and, and then, then you, get there and womp womp you play the four or five or six seed and you lose yeah in the first round that's usually how it goes every time uh the other two teams in the afc south jaguars and colts is it weird that I'm actually more interested in the Jaguars and it's kind of for a sick sense of how bad they can actually be? I've heard reports out of camp that Blake Bortles is an absolute abomination right now. He's throwing five picks a day really? in training camp. Blake, Blake Bortles? <laughs> no. Yes. No. It's camp, Rashad. You no. don't need to be sarcastic about it. You're not supposed to throw five picks in camp. Well, if you're Blake Bortles, that sounds, that sounds about right. It's just... You, they actually have a good-looking team. Why do you think for the last, like, three years, every year it's like, oh, this is the Jaguars' year. I think we this all do it. This is the year they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna win, and they're going to be good in the AFC South. We all do it, and we, you know, we talked about this last, last week, is that I'm just, at this point, I'm just kind of curious of what they're doing. Like, are they getting a bunch of running backs for trade bait? Like, I'm they not essentially sure. have three they're starters. Like, they're like fantasy drafting right now. Like, they're just going out there and just picking up guys because they can but I, I don't. I'm just so confused about what the what the Yags are doing because uh, they went out and got Leonard Fournette, and we talked about this last week. But they already had like two, three running backs that were already in place that could probably do really well for the Jags. That's not what you needed. You needed to shore up that offensive line. You needed to get some more pieces on defense, and that's not what you did. Now they did go out and get Cam Robinson, the offensive tackle out of uh, out of Alabama. So they tried to do some things to get their line better, but not really. Everything they went was pretty much, you know, offense, at least in the first few rounds. And so yeah. it's it sound it seems really, really strange that that's what that's the the route they decide to go, but maybe they know something we don't. I don't know. I, I view them as being stupid for picking Fournette top five when you already have two running backs who could be your starters. And I I don't know. I've 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 kind of been down on Fournette since he got drafted anyway. I'm not sure how good he's gonna be. But I just I'm I'm curious about the new guard there more so than the, than the team. You've got Doug Marone as your head coach. We know he didn't do great in Buffalo. Actually, he did do well in Buffalo, but he got fired for disagreeing with ownership. Um, and now he's going to be the head coach. You got Tom Coughlin there, who's going to be meddling, right? Because he's more of a front office guy now. But he's going to be meddling. But both of those guys are kind of old school, run the football, smash mouth type type of coaches. I wonder if that's going to help change the mentality of this team. Because to me, 
maybe it's just because they've been bad and I thought they'd be good, but I've always kind of viewed the Jags as soft. I view them as a team that just hasn't lived up to their expectations because they haven't exactly tried hard. And that's weird because I would have thought that Gus Bradley would have been a nice hard-nosed head coach, but it didn't work out that way. Maybe he just got beaten down by just constant issues with the team. But it, they've got two old guys now or older guys coaching them, not a young guy anymore. I wonder if that's going to change it for them or if it's just going to be more rough years ahead. I, I, that's, that's, a, that's a great question because the one thing you don't have on this team is a bunch of old guys. You've got a bunch of really, really young millennials out there that are used to having things their way. You got guys like Alan Hearns and Marcus Lee and Allen Robinson. Like these, these are young. I'm using the air quotes here. Young studs. I think it's going to be hard to tell them. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna dial it back a little bit on throwing the ball, and we're gonna give it to T.J. What yelled in a lot. We're gonna we're gonna give the ball to Chris Ivory a whole bunch. I think there might be uh, some some problems with that. You know, but. I really think the Jaguars aren't in a position to, to complain. Like, I mean, what you've been what you've been doing hasn't worked, so maybe it is time time to try some old school. Maybe that is exactly what they need. Some Tom Coughlin coming in there, flashing his two rings and said, "You want to beat Brady? I know I have the I have the blueprint right here." So that might that might be just the shot in the arm that the Jaguars need. And then for the Colts, <laughs> oh, the Colts. <laughs> he, huh. he, Andrew Luck was so good for his first two years and the team was good and they were making the playoffs and everyone was excited. And then the last couple of seasons happened injuries to Andrew Luck and really poor draft decisions by the front office, just getting more and more receivers when you didn't need them and not filling the holes on offensive line and on defense. I don't know. I just look at this team and I just don't like the Colts. I don't like them. Frank Gore is still your starting running back. I know he did pretty well last year, but he's like 72 years old now. And you've got some good receivers, but you let go of Dwayne Allen. He's now a Patriot. I just, I don't like this team. I don't like the Colts this year. If I liked anything about the Colts, um, it's clearly Andrew Luck. Um, I know you see, you like to say Andrew Luck had a um, a pretty bad season. Uh, he had the highest QBR that he's ever had last year at 71.2. Um, he threw for 4,200 yards last season and 31 touchdowns. That 31 touchdowns is the second most he's ever thrown in his career, the third most yards he's ever thrown in his career, and he threw 13 interceptions. Like, for a guy that had a bad year with a bad team, he is that special. You put Andrew Luck right now on the Jaguars, and I think the Jaguars have they're 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 able to to, to do some things. I just think with those receivers that he has, that they have over there, and Andrew Luck there, because he's making this happen all his own. Make no mistake about it. With no offensive line, he threw for 4,200 yards. The year, uh, two years before that, he threw for 4,700 yards. You know, his first season, he threw for 4,300 yards. Like, there's nothing that he can't do, and it's just a matter of his team building around him, and they haven't done a good job. They've done a disservice to Andrew Luck over these past few seasons by not putting a great offensive line around him, not giving him an opportunity to put, it, to put a defense around him. Jim Ursay said – the, one of the biggest mistakes he made is he didn't give Peyton Manning the, the, the team that he deserved. He, he never gave him that great defense. He never gave him that great D-line. He never gave him a, a bevy of, of really good corners or safeties. Mind you, the, the, the Super Bowl year at the Colts had where they won, he had all those things. But before that, there was years of Peyton Manning doing all he could to keep that team afloat and everybody else around him just being really mediocre. This is exactly what we're seeing from this Reincarnation of the of the Colts teams, like Andrew Luck and everybody else. 
if it wasn't for Andrew Luck, this this Colts team would would look like an old Detroit Lions team. Absolutely. They, they the way they've been drafting since they've had Manning, uh, or, uh, not Manning, sorry, um, since they've had Luck is just reminded me of the way that Detroit used to draft, where they're like, we're gonna just keep taking um, wide receivers with our first pick year after year after year. And you're like, well, no, you actually have good receivers, and Luck's proven he he's fine with these guys. Why aren't you going out and getting a uh, offensive lineman and it's they they've fallen into that trap and they have that they, they like you said they didn't put a defense around they didn't put an offensive line around him it's just you've literally been riding on the coattails of a a, a guy who's wasting his career in indy right now absolutely and you got a, a coach in chuck pagano who doesn't know which way is up you know you have a, an, a, an owner in jim ursay who you know i know he's trying to deal with his issues but we don't know what those issues if he if he still has some of the some of the drug issues that he had, so I just think in and as a whole, the Colts organization is a mess. The only bright spot is number twelve. I just saw this come across Twitter, by the way, as an update. Dolphins coach Adam Gase has been persistent. It's working. Sources say Jay Cutler's leaning towards coming out of retirement to play for the Dolphins. Interesting. Hmm. Might make the Dolphins more interesting in the AFC East because let's face it, Tannehill's not that great. No, he's not. Um, so, and this is an upgrade. That's for me and Rappaport. I think this way. is an upgrade if you're the Miami Dolphins. Like, I would say what you want to about Jay Cutler, but when he has a squad around him, Jay Cutler is a, a good quarterback. You know, you can say what you want to as far as his moping and his pouting and all those other things. You know, and like I said, those are the some of the leadership things that you don't want to see from your quarterback. But that part aside, man, Jay Cutler is, is a damn good quarterback. So we'll see what happens in, in Miami. All right, coming up next, Hater to Love It, like always, we'll be here. It's a competition, and the winner gets to host the last segment. This is Sports Sunday, but first, Jesse has Sports Center. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, 1032 here on The Fan. We're right on time, which means we might actually be able to get to one more hate it or love it, or at least have a longer last segment. I don't know which one. Probably we'll probably one more hate yeah, it or love yeah, it. Possibilities are endless. Yeah, well, not really. There's two possibilities. Uh, so for those who haven't listened before, uh, this is a around the horn style segment where Jesse will ask us a question and then award us points for our answers uh, using Mario sound effects like that. He can also remove points by doing that. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. All righty. Let's see here. Um, what? Uh, uh, this is all all football all the time today. Sounds so good to me. Uh, it's kind of been the today, theme so of the day. Goes so the motif. Right. Um, so let's start with Lavian Bell. Um, Lavian Bell has one season of his first four seasons where he's com- he's completed the entire season of 16 games. Now, the first one, he didn't start the season. Uh, he had 13 games that year. Second year, he had 16. And then it was, I believe, six. And then last year was, I believe, 12 or 13. I think it was 12. Um, with that being said, his fifth season, Lavian Bell will play in all 16 games. Ooh. Um, 
Am I going first? Did we decide yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, you go first. Okay, because you get to choose. Or did we choose the winner gets the, to go no, second? No, the, the, the whomever didn't win the, the prior the week prior. Okay, goes go first. first. Okay. Um, this is tough because he hasn't proven to be a workhorse running back. So I'll say, you know what? No, I'll, I'll say love. I will say love. Le'Veon Bell is playing for a contract. And Le'Veon Bell wants to prove to everybody that he deserves the big money that he's asking for. It's really interesting in the running back market right now because a lot of really good running backs are not getting paid unless they're getting drafted as rookies because of the pay scale in the, in the draft. And Le'Veon Bell wants to prove, look, I know that the running back position is weird right now. Some teams don't believe in it. Some teams think that you need a workhorse. I am that workhorse. I am that guy. And I need to be the guy who's going to be doing that for the Steelers or whatever team decides to pay him his money. So he's going to be good for the entire season. I think he wants to protect himself. I know he has an injury history, but some of that's been really kind of gruesome hits on him, lower body hits, knee injuries, stuff like that. I think he needs to stay healthy if he wants to prove to, to the league that he's going to be that kind of a guy. I, th I think, and it's interesting for me personally, I think Le'Veon Bell is probably the best running back in the NFL. The, the most interesting thing that he did last year that we all discovered was the patient running back style. The hesitate, the weird stutter step that he did behind the, the line where you're like, you're not going to get through doing this. And then, oh, boom, he's gone for like seven yards. He, he kind of started that. That's a little bit safer, right? He kind of gets to find the holes, doesn't get hit as hard because he's getting blindsided. So I think that'll keep him healthy all year. And I think he wants to prove that he wants to be the guy. So uh, love, he'll play for the entire season. Uh, I'm going to say love as well. Uh, I think he's only missed one season uh, based off of um, injury. Uh, I know the other one, there were some suspensions Suspension. there, so he didn't get a chance to really play. Uh, I think he was suspended for most of, or for the first four games of this season. So he, was that what it was, or was he injured? I think it was suspension, right? It was, it was suspension. suspension. So he was suspended for the first four games of this season, which is the only reason he only played 12 games. I agree with you, Lynch. You're looking at what's considered, or should be considered, the best running back in the league because he's able to do it without an offensive line that's like the Dallas Cowboys. He's finding those holes, and then once he finds the holes, there's a quick burst. And once he gets that burst, there's nothing you can do about him. I just think you, you're looking at a dude, like you said, he's playing for a contract, but more than anything, he's playing to show people that, man, I am better than Ezekiel Elliott. I think that's been the the the, the big um, conversation is now who is the best running back in the league. And I think all of a sudden that hasn't been a conversation for the past year. It's been Le'Veon. But now all of a sudden you've got guys like Ezekiel Elliott that are able to do great things. DeMarco Murray had a resurgence of sorts last year. So you're looking around the league and you're seeing all these guys. You look at what LeGarrette Blunt was able to do last year. And I think you're looking at a dude like Le and Le'Veon Bell is saying, man, I can do better than seven touchdowns. I can do better than 1,200 yards I had. And then you think about the fact that he didn't miss four games. So what does that actually mean if he does get a chance to play all four games? That 1,200 yards looks a little more like you know, 17, 1,800 yards this season rushing. And so, and then you look at the fact that so I think Pittsburgh is going to be without a receiver this year. Is it, uh, which, uh, or was it Martavis Bryant? Which, which receiver? Uh, no, that was last yeah, year. That they're was last they're year. supposed to get him back. He's okay. Back, yeah. So, yeah. So we're, we're, we're looking at the fact that you're going to have a full team. Um, I think that's only going to mean great things for Le'Veon because now you just can't focus in on the running game. You're going to have to pay attention to everything else, which is going to open things up for, for Le'Veon's run game. By the way, Ian Rappaport reports, Jay Cutler is signing with the Dolphins. Well, Jay Cutler is back. That, go, Cutler. that will modify one of our love or hate topics then because he was one of those love or hate topics. All right. Um, Morton Anderson... Morton Anderson, uh, Mr. Anderson, uh, makes Mr. the Hall Anderson. of Fame 
Now, we haven't seen very many kickers, punters, whatnot in the Hall of Fame. Well, there's only one kicker, right? Ray Guy, is it? Well, or he's a punter. punter. He's a punter. Yeah. Jan Stenerud, I think, is the only kicker is mm-hmm, in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So, not, not very many kickers making it in. Now, there are probably a couple kickers that you could think of where you could make the Hall of Fame case for. First and foremost being Adam Vinatieri. Now, Adam Vinatieri has one of the most storied um, careers in football, if you if you think about it, where he bounced between uh, the Indianapolis Colts and the um, Patriots winning Super Bowls with both of them. With that being said, love or hate, Adam Vinatieri will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, I hate it because the NFL doesn't seem to respect the kickers and the punting position um, because you generally tend to see uh, those like Martin Anderson. Didn't he make it as like the they put veterans back up to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Isn't that how Martin Anderson just made it with the best kicker of all time, essentially, in terms of longevity and his accuracy? Had to wait all the way until now to make the Hall of Fame. So, no, I don't think Adam Vinatieri is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer at all because he's a kicker. I think he does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame because he won four Super Bowls and has been, uh, well, he's been inc- incredibly clutch, at least earlier in his career he was. He had so many big field goals for the Patriots, including I, the one against the Panthers, which was just, that whole game was insane. But uh, that kick was great. So he he will probably make it in. He'll probably be the third kicker who makes it in. But, I mean, look at, the, look at his career. He's been in the NFL for 20 years now. 20 years. 24 to 44. And he's still going, right? Vinatieri's still in the league. He's still going. And uh, what's even more remarkable about this to me is he's only been on two teams. Mm-hmm. Kickers change teams all the time. If you're, if you're, even if you're a good kicker, there's young guys who come up who are cheaper than you, and there's there's the whole price thing. Somebody will pick you up. You'll be on five or six teams. He's been on two teams. He's on the Patriots. He's on the Colts. That's it. Won Super Bowls with both of them. Has been huge and consistent for both of them. Um, I'm trying to find his uh, field goal percentage here. He has been over 90% like five or six times. He led the league in field goal percentage three times. Uh, Just three years ago, hit 96% of his field goals. uh, Dipped a little bit last year, but he's incredible. He's one of the best kickers of all time. He might even be better than Morton Anderson and Jan Stenerud if you think about it in the long term. But because he's a kicker, he will not be first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hate it as well. Um, there's just something about the kicker that I think people don't respect. On my college team, we just called our kicker kicker. We didn't even respond. We called him by his name. His name was just kicker. Uh, Morton Anderson is the number one all time. That's not nice, Rashad. Yeah, this is what it is. I mean, it sounds sounds bad, but Morton Anderson is all uh, one number one all time for points scored in the NFL. Adam Vinatieri is is third. You know, for so uh, I think that kind of stands alone as far as where he decide where you know he would go in the Hall of Fame. I think he would go. It won't be her first ballot because, like you said, when you look at the great players that they're going to have on whatever Hall of Fame ballot, you're going to look at the kicker and go, yeah, but that's that's really all he did. I say the kicker should be in there. I don't think there's a more pressured filled position in football than the kicker. If you make it, all the glory goes on you. If you miss it, you are the goat. You're the scapegoat, and everybody's going to hate you. Um, we've seen it from college kickers. We've seen it from professional kickers. The Seahawks probably shouldn't have played in uh, in, a, in another playoff game a couple years ago, but the Vikings kicker just happened to miss a 28-yard chip shot. You know, people remember those things, and I think because people remember those things, they'll remember they they'll remember Adam Vinatieri for making the clutch 
kicks for a couple teams that end up winning Super Bowls. And also Sebastian Janikowski is somebody who I believe when it's time to talk Hall of Fame, he should go in there because he's been the model of consistency for the same franchise for his entire career. Yeah, Janikowski was going to be the other guy that uh, that that was kind of, to be honest, I could probably give you a couple points for that one. Um, because I think he's <laughs> a, another great example of, um, you know. He's just never really been. He, he hasn't. He, he's, his, that, he's more the longevity guy. Yeah, he's than just he been, been good. But he hasn't been the clutch Mr. Playoff winning. No, but I, I think a lot guy. of which is because he's played for Oakland. I think if you put him on a, on a contender, on a team that's been a consistent contender for years, I think we're having a much different conversation about Sebastian Janikowski. Because he did win in, what was it, 2002? Well, they, they got close. Yeah, they, they almost got close. close. Yeah. Right. yeah. All right. Um, well, let's see here. Let's do He's this one. He's only had six playoff games? Yeah, oh, right. eight playoff games. Janikowski's only played in eight playoff games his whole career. Hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you put him on the Colts or you put him on one of those teams that was a consistent perennial playoff team, then I think the, the narrative is much different about Sebastian Janikowski. At All right, the, sorry. Go ahead. Um, let's do a little Super Bowl prediction right now. Ooh. A little Super Bowl prediction before a game has been played. We had a preseason game, so we'll, we'll say something's been played. Um, we know how good the Patriots are year in, year out. They're, prob- they're already Super Bowl favorites. Um, so the question is more in the NFC, which they're – are a lot more question marks. You have a lot more competition there. And a lot of that being in the NFC East, specifically with the Cowboys and the Giants. Love or hate the Giants who just got another wide receiver considered to have one of the better wide receiving cores now in the league with Odell Beckham Jr. and Brandon Marshall. And that defense find a way to make their third rendition of Eli Manning versus Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Mm, I hate it. I hate it so much. I, I like the Giants. I think they might even win the division this year, but you look at the NFC and we talked about it a little earlier in the show. I'm curious. I'm a little worried about how the Falcons would be after uh, that, that huge Super Bowl collapse last year, but I still think the Falcons are a very, very good team with a, with an electric offense, with one of the best quarterbacks in the league, with one of the top two receivers in the league and Julio Jones and a really good running back position. I think they're going to finish They'll be better than the Giants. You can't forget about the Packers, who I think are the best team in the NFC. Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in the NFC. They won, what was it, like six or seven straight games at the end of the year when they said they weren't going to lose the rest of the way. They didn't. And uh, Eddie Lacy's gone, and, you know, that might sound like a bad thing, but it's not because the headache is gone of Eddie Lacy, and they were able to make it work with a a wide receiver at running back last year in Ty Montgomery, who's still, by the way, wearing a wide receiver number, even though he's going to be in the backfield again this year. Um, I, I like them a lot. I, I view the Seahawks as a team that I think could even be better than the Giants this year. Uh, I know that I'm a little worried about them because uh, I, I don't love their offense, but there's nobody in that division who's going to be better than the Seahawks, and I think they could be a challenge as well. Uh, I like the Giants a lot this year. I really do. But there's also something that sits there in the back of my head with New York and with Eli Manning is a lot of the times – they don't live up to the hype. They don't live up to their expectations. A lot of the times that division doesn't live up to the hype or their expectations. They kind of beat each other up too much. And uh, I'm a little bit worried about that happening. Uh, the Sterling Shepard injury was scary. It turns out he seems to be okay. Uh, looks like a, a high ankle sprain or some sort of a sprained ankle, which is not the end of the world. Look, he was crying after he got hurt, which made it look like patellar tendon injury or something that would be excruciatingly painful um so they have a great receiving core i'm still worried about the running back position a lot 
Um, I'm worried about their offensive line a little bit, and uh, I think that might be a little bit of an issue for them. Will they win the division? Maybe. I think it will be them and the Cowboys, but uh, I don't think they'll be able to go up against the Patriots this year. Um, in the Super Bowl, I mean. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna love that there's a great chance that they could make it to the Super Bowl and have it be Patriots, Giants three. Couple reasons. Number one, Dallas the Dallas Cowboys had one. Uh, thorn in their side all of last season of the three losses they had the Giants were two of them the Dallas the Dallas Cowboys are supposed to be the best team in NFC East one of the best teams in the in, in the NFC and they had their number twice I think they're better than Detroit Philadelphia Tampa Bay the Chargers and the Broncos who are their first six games of the season that's a great opportunity for them to start that well you've heard what I think already about Odell Beckham Jr I think he is the best player in the NFL at any position I don't think there's any wide receiver or any player that Except scares Defensive coordinators more than Odell Beckham Jr. and that includes Julio Jones. I think they all think Eli Manning has been one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league for a dude that's won the Super Bowl two times in his career. Now all of a sudden he has two receiver stud receivers he can throw the ball to. And oh yeah, a guy named Sterling Shepard that's going to be playing right around the slot position. From everything I've read, McAdoo wants to spread the ball around and wants to try to have an up-tempo offense and not so ground and pound, which is the reason I don't think they're as concerned about their uh, running backs positions. But I'm looking at the NFC right now. Who is their starter? Paul Perkins, right? Paul, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm looking at the NFC right now, and outside of the Packers, and really not even the Packers, I don't think there's a team in the NFC that scares you. There's not one fully complete team, offensive, offensively and defensively, in the NFC. Like, the, the, the Seahawks are a great defensive team. They can't really figure it out at times on offense. The, the, the Packers are a great offensive team. Their defense is still pretty shoddy, though. The Cowboys are probably the best example of a team that's the closest to a complete team. And like I said, the Giants had their number twice. So, I mean, what is the what are the Cardinals going to be able to do? Is Philadelphia, well, the Cardinals stink. Exactly. Is Philadelphia as good as people think they're going to be with adding Alshon Jeffrey? There's a lot of questions there, and I think the Giants are the one team that got better in the NFC when everybody else kind of stayed stagnant. Like he kept going even though the music was done. Oh, the music always finishes. I'll, I'll stop listening. To oh, I, I faded it out trying to get you guys to kind of. My bad. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Um, I think it felt like Rashad won again. It felt like with the point sounds know, that I heard. You did really well that first round, man. Uh, Rashad won again. Sorry, buddy. It, it's uh, it's ten to eight in favor of Rashad. <laughs> back to back to back. Wow. You know, I just want to thank my mama for all the things that she does for me as far as being able to keep this sports knowledge in my head. <laughs> it's coming up. We're going to That last round, I don't know if it's because you went once the music stopped. You got a couple of points at the end there, but that last round got you me better. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I think that's what it was, too. So, But uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to defer to you because I have nothing to talk about for the last segment. No, 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 no. No, I no. have to. Yeah. Oh, what are we going to talk about? Uh, whatever you I, want. Whatever you want. Okay, we're going to talk about whatever I want. That's right coming up next. Yeah. Here on the Sunday. fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I've grown really fond of this song. You know, now this third week I've heard it. You know, I can't lie; it's actually pretty good, isn't it? It's pretty catchy, right? Yeah, it's a good choice. Thank you, I appreciate it, man. I miss mine, but maybe I'll hear it soon. I guess. Well, on the man, step it up. I don't know. This is what you call a winning streak. It is a winning it has streak. Has happened before. Ten fifty-two, right here on the fan. And apparently, Jay Cutler has signed a one-year deal 
with the Miami Dolphins. $10 million for Jay Cutler. And he's getting all that $10 million because he's in Florida and there's no state tax. So yep. he's taking all the – now, granted, there are some taxes, but – There's no still, income tax in Florida. Exactly. So he's right. going to go ahead and take all of that. My question is, all of a sudden, does this make the Miami Dolphins a contender? Like, no. At all? <laughs> no. So do you – did you think there was a chance they can contend even with Tannehill? No, I didn't. I, I really did. I mean, I think they were the team that I could, I would consider maybe being a wild card. Maybe they made it last year, right? And they got smoked by the Steelers, but um, they made it last year. I, you know, you know what kind of frustrates me about this is Matt Moore is the best backup quarterback in the league. Yes. And they signed Jay Cutler, who was awful in Chicago for the last two years, over him, over letting Matt Moore get a chance to start. Maybe because he played at Oregon State, I have a little bit of a sweet spot for him. But, I mean, you spend all that money, and they do. They spend a good amount of money to keep Matt Moore around, for backup's sake at least. And you're not going to give him a chance? Yeah, it's, that seems kind of silly. But I think that the cool part about it is they're Jake Cutler's really good. Like, I mean, he's mopey, and, you know, he he looks a little aloof at times. But for the most part, I can't be mad at him because those those are his facial expressions. Uh, Jay Cutler is is nice, and I think there would be a lot of teams that if they didn't have quarterbacks would probably be at him. Is Jay right Cutler now. nice? Though? Jay Cutler is good. Jay Cutler is just Jay one Cutler of those couldn't find a job. He retired because nobody wanted him. Well, I think most people had you know guys like all the guys that got signed were all backups. I just don't think Cutler wanted to be a backup anywhere, I've, which is understandable. I, I look at it as you have Cutler right now and and Kaepernick as the two guys that are better than so many backups in this league and to be honest Cutler's better than um several starters in this league I look at it as the media has gotten to the point where they are the media is keeping these people from getting jobs because a lot of the what people think about Cutler is because of the way people have portrayed Cutler in the or how the media has portrayed him same thing with Kaepernick they have portrayed him in a certain light they have you know um granted Kaepernick has done some of that for himself, but a lot of the hate is generated by the media itself. And so when you think about it... Yeah, but these teams aren't making their decisions based on what the media says. Uh, are, aren't they? They're, they're making it based on what they pe the, they think the people or their fans think, and the fans think what the media tells them. I think them. the thing about Cutler is we still we go back to that NFC Championship game where he could have played, and we found out that he could have played, and we got the image of him on the bike... And I think that's the image that started with a lot of people. And then from there, it was just like, this is who Cutler is. He doesn't care. He's at the the, the cusp of, of a championship game. And he decided he just wanted to, you know, ride the exercise bike and get his knee. I think people still see that and say, this is Jay Cutler in a nutshell. And I think they saw the way things fell apart in Chicago, which was not his fault. I'm not going to well, give some him of it all. Was his fault. I mean, he he made the terrible defense. No, but he did, had two great did, receivers in Brandon Marshall and Elshon. But Jeffrey. I'm saying that he and take no out, offensive did he get line Brandon Marshall's spleen like uh, removed or something like that. Like he he did everything he was supposed to do. Alshon Jeffrey became a household name because of the work that Jay Cutler was able to do. Cutler was a great quarterback when he played for you guys in Denver, and it's just kind of one of those things, man. Like great, he was a Jay Cutler was a uh, really good quarterback he was when fine. he played in Denver. He started off good. This is what I like. I'm not going to fault him for not playing on a, on a torn MCL in the, in the championship game. That guy also has to think about the rest of his career. You know, this is this is going to be the best team, like overall team he's been on since he joined the Bears. 
when you think about it. When he joined the Bears, he had a fresh forte, he had a fresh marshal. That defense was still pretty good. This is the first time he's had all those real pieces around him since then. We Maybe. shall see. It'll be interesting. One-year $10 million deal reports that he is signed with the Dolphins it means Tannehill likely out for the rest of the year with the knee injury that he suffered. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Coming up next week, we will continue our divisional previews. We'll move to the NFC South. Will the Panthers bounce back? Can the Falcons recover from the Super Bowl defeat? Jameis Winston, the Bucks are on hard knocks. That starts on Tuesday, I believe. So uh, we could talk about that if you watch that. And uh, plenty more NFL and maybe some NBA or MLB if anything else interesting happens. All on next week's show, 9 to 11. Check us out then and have a good rest of your Sunday. He gave me the nicest, longest piece of meat. Mm. Mm. So good. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.